0: So have you ever had an identity crisis? That time where you wonder to yourself, who am I really? And can I be loved for who I truly, truly am? So maybe for you, this identity crisis came for you or is happening now in the teenage years. Right? You have puberty, you have acne, you have your first crushes, you're trying to figure the world out and how the world works. You wonder, if I'm really myself, am I even going to fit in? Or, maybe it was when you first enter the job field. Whether that was after high school, after college, after graduate school, and then you're a real adult. And so you wonder, how do I make it in that job anyway? I have bills and responsibilities now. What do I do with myself if I've moved to a new city? How do I make new friends in my 20s and 30s anyway? And then you work and you work and you work until retirement. And then what happens? Or maybe for you it was parenthood. If that is your path, you have one identity and you have it all figured out. And then all of a sudden, another person comes in and your life revolves around taking care of their many, many, many needs. And then you get used to that and parenthood is your identity, but then they leave and you're an empty nester. And what do you do then? And of course, these are just a handful of examples over the course of our life. And there's many more things that can happen to throw us off our path in the in-betweens of life and leave us with that huge question of who am I? Because it's one, no matter what our age or stage or station in life is, it's one we all wrestle with, if we're honest, That idea, that desire to know and be known, to love and to be loved, it's an innate human need. It's a basic one. This desire to be known and loved for who we truly are, sometimes it feels impossible, doesn't it? We go through so much transition In life, it just seems like transition and change is what life is sometimes, that finding our footing can feel impossible. We face peer pressure from our society of what the ideal person, our personality, our style, our body size, our ability all looks like. Can we be loved for who we are? And when we look instead at what scripture says, scripture says, yes. So we have our psalm today, Psalm 139, that was presented to us in this beautiful video, reminding us that we are known by God. We are searched and known. So the overall theme of this psalm is the psalmist is having a conversation with the God that searches them and knows them. So as a result, we get all these beautiful images of God and how God relates to us. And of course, it's wonderful. It's encouraging and it's uplifting. Because we see this relationship that God has to us, little old us, humanity, that it's One that is intimately linked. We see ourselves, our humanity, our existence, our very being in the context of the powerful and all-knowing creator. It reminds us that we are divinely created. We are divinely known. And thus, we are divinely loved. We, people, are seen as humanity enclosed in a divine reality. So that's a quote I got from a commentary this week. So let me say it again. Humanity enclosed in a divine reality. I love that. Because that goes for everyone. Even those who have what society might like to deem as imperfections. Even those who might sometimes look in the mirror and feel self-conscious about what looks back at them. The beautiful prose and promises of Psalm 139 in those cases are still very true. Our divine identity is still of a loving and creator God who searched and has known us. And so we get a dual dimension in this psalm, right? On one side, we get this encouragement of our divine creation and how the divine understands us, right? That means that there's a very personal aspect on one side for us. But then on the other, we see this vastness and transcendent nature and the power of God, right? In this same psalm, we get two different phrases here. That are very different. We get a phrase, how weighty are your thoughts. I try to count them. They are more than sand. Also, this intimate phrase, you know when I sit down and when I rise up. And we remember that both, both are true. And both help encourage us. We see how big God is. And so it helps encourages us that we are valued. We are created and known and loved by God just as we are. Just because we are connected to this vast and powerful divine. So this dual dimension is seen specifically in the multiple translations of verse 14 itself. So the NRSV or the New Revised Standard Version will say, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. But the RSV or the Revised Standard Version will say it this way. I praise thee for thou art fearful and wonderful. Wonderful are thy works. Both are true. God is fearful and wonderful. And wonderful are thy works. Including us. Including me. Including you. Including everyone. Let that sink in. What's amazing about all of this is that all of this is so countercultural. We live in a culture that falls into these traps of telling us or making us feel that there is a certain way we need to be in order to be valued. It creates a culture of where we can grow up feeling self-conscious or we can hate the bodies or personalities or identities that God has created for us. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made is in fact a countercultural statement. It's one that roots our identity and our self-confidence in Christ. It's one that recognizes and celebrates the personhood of all people even and maybe especially those whose society would overlook are cast aside. It's one for us to take seriously today. It can be difficult to think about rooting our identity and confidence in Christ, but it's a call that can radically change our lives. So while preparing for my sermon this week, in one of the commentaries I read, I was referred to Diedrich Ponhoff's Dietrich Bonhoeffer's poem, Who Am I? And so if you've never heard of Bonhoeffer before, let me give you a little background on him. So Bonhoeffer was German Lutheran Christian leader back during World War II. So you may see where this is going. So that means that he was a guy who took a strong anti-Nazi stance. He spoke out very powerfully uh, against the Holocaust. And so, of course, as a result, what happened? He was thrown in jail and was eventually killed by the Nazi regime. And so during his time in jail, Bonhoeffer was treated horribly. His life was turned upside down. He was trying to do the right thing. He was trying to stand up for the humanity of all persons and to the Holocaust, and yet he was thrown in jail. And so during his time, he had a lot of wrestling. He had a lot of self-doubt. He had a lot of confidence issues. And so he lays this all out in this beautiful poem, Who Am I? And I'd like to read it for us this morning. Who am I? They often tell me I would step from my cell's confinement calmly, cheerfully, Firmly, like a country squire from his country house. Who am I? They often tell me I would talk to my warders freely and friendly and clearly as though it were mine to command. Who am I? They also tell me I would bear the days of misfortune equally, smilingly, proudly, like one accustomed to win. Am I then really all that which other men tell of? Or am I only what I know of myself, restless and longing and sick, like a bird in a cage, struggling for breath as though hands were compressing my throat, yearning for colors, for flowers, for the voices of birds, thirsting for words of kindness, for neighborliness, trembling with anger at my despotisms and petty humiliation, tossing in expectation of great events, Powerlessly trembling for friends at an infinite distance, weary and empty at praying, at thinking, at making, faint and ready to say farewell to it all. Who am I? This or the other? Am I one person today and tomorrow another? Am I both at once a hypocrite before others and before myself a contemptibly woe-begone weakling? Or is something within me still like a beaten army, fleeing in disorder from victory already achieved? Who am I? They mock me, these lonely questions of mine. Whoever I am... Thou knowest, O God, I am thine. So even after all that he had been through, at his lowest with this wrestling and doubt that he had, Bonhoeffer came to the conclusion of keeping his identity in God. Whoever I am, thou knowest, O God, I am thine. And that was the energy and the mindset and the theology that propelled him throughout his life. That's what propelled him to stand up for justice against Nazi Germany. It's what allowed him to hold on to his faith until the end. So Bonhoeffer has always been an inspirational and encouraging theologian for me. But I find encouragement and inspiration in ordinary people who find hope and who find healing and find restoration in their identity in God, too. I think of people who I've seen recover from eating disorders and learn to love their bodies as God created them with God's help. I think of retirees who find new identity, new energy, new purpose, and belonging in serving others in that new stage of life. I think of just anyone who learns to feel more confident in their body or self or personality more than they were yesterday. That true self, just as God has made them. So on this thought, friends, may we learn to be the kind of people who learn to believe and learn to live into these promises from scripture. And I think this is especially important for us as we reflect on Martin Luther King Jr. weekend and the work and life of Dr. King. May we be the kind of people who advocate for the belovedness and the worthiness of all the people in all the ways that we can. We are all, all fearfully and wonderfully made by a loving God. Thanks be to God. Friends will you close in prayer with me. So God of love. We thank you for the ways. In which you have beautifully made. Each of us. Uniquely as we are. May we learn to love ourselves. As you first loved us. And God in response to that. May we find ways to care for. For. And extend that love to others in this world, just as you first loved us. Amen. So, friends, I hope this has been a meaningful time of worship, encouragement, inspiration for you. And thank you so much for being here with us today. And so, as you prepare to go from this place, may you hear this benediction. May you know that you have been searched, you have been known, you were divinely created and loved by God. And so, may we go forth taking that love out into the world so that we can show this world that God has loved and God created every single person. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.